sun really didn't split the night sky like what if the moon really didn't call the tide bruh i mean have you ever stopped and thought about how much we take for granted all the time i mean i think about that with everything i got going on in my life uh if it all just kind of poof what would that look like yeah like w- the things that we just expect to show up what if they didn't really show up how would it completely change our lives so that song has been playing on replay on my stereo and in my mind and in my heart that was Megan McNeil with her latest single Roses who is a bomb amazing creatress and artist Um, you can find her on iTunes Spotify Tidal or really anywhere you get dope music Um, I'll make sure to have that in the show notes as well But it just really had me thinking, especially considering the turbulent nature of the last few weeks, you know, that we've been going through. And my friend, I think today is one of the days we need to dip into the gratitude jar. Let's just get our lives together. Bro, that song was so dope. It was. I already added it to three playlists while you were talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, I'm so glad she's your friend. You got to make an introduction so I can shake her hand and be like, thank you for contributing positively to our musical society already done but you're right we do need to jump in and and really bless ourselves with some thankfulness and put some good energy out there so tell me what you're thankful for well obviously i'm thankful for roses um and it actually reminded me of a poem called being human by a duo called uh climbing poetry i had this poem for over 10 years i saw them perform when i lived in kalamazoo And there's a part of it where it says, I wonder if the sun debates dawn some mornings, not wanting to rise out of bed from underneath its down feathered horizon. If the sky grows tired of being everywhere at once, adapting to the mood swings of the weather. And I promise you that feels like me sometimes. Like, what if I just didn't get up Mm. today, you know, because I'm just too tired and not show up. Then what? And the world will be missing something, you know? So um, I'm also grateful for Nicole Williams. She is another amazing friend of mine and my sans. Um, She's a choreographer, a blogger, a mother, a really all-around lady boss, and the uh, creator of her blog, Dancing Over 30. And they actually shouted out the Griots. Griot? Oh, nice. Did they? Yeah. So she writes these amazing stories about learning how to live without losing sight of your passion. And she hadn't submitted one in a while, but she wrote recently, I believe a podcast may have saved my blog. It made me think of how many griots had influenced my life so drastically over the past few months and years. Storytellers like Tradition Keepers and uh, Toni Morrison. And Oprah Winfrey, Jill Scott, Maya Angelou, and Jwale Willa Joe Zolar 
along with a host of other artists and all around amazing individuals that have kept me, fed me, and affirmed me. And they um, all have one thing in common. They create life-changing art built on a foundation of vulnerability, truth, relatability, and well, the ordinary. So um, I'm grateful for Nicole and I'm grateful for her sharing that piece because it just reminds me that when we decide to show up like the sun and like the moon does every single day, um, simply by making that decision, we give other people permission to do the same and we all get to benefit from one another's light. So that's what I'm grateful for. That's wonderful. I mean, that blog post was really inspirational. Um, just just all the support we're getting and the, and the impact that we're having just makes you want to keep going. Every day. I know. We're debating on when the season one finale will be. Maybe it'll be a surprise, but we just, we just go keep pushing, guys. We have to, and we can't push without support. Right? Absolutely. And that's what I'm grateful for uh, for my teams, my teams that I have at work and my teams in life. And I've just been truly blessed to be consistently surrounded and supported by some of the hardest working, inspiring, independent, diverse creatives uh, in the many chapters that make up my life, uh, from being a hip-hop artist, graphic designer, web developer, all the way to an entrepreneur and owning a creative agency. Each chapter has had these supporting characters that have really lifted me up in ways that I would have never expected. And um, whenever a vision has been placed in my head to do something great or to take a leap of faith, try something I've never done before, the universe aligns. And just like that, I'm meeting and working with the right people. And I don't take any of it for granted. Um, I cherish it so much and I find it so magical that I'm sometimes afraid it'll just go away. So I'm left with this sense of urgency and this commitment to continue pushing through the easy times, um, all the adversity that comes with life, and all the failures that come too. If for anything, for those people and that have helped me and the ones that I, I can pay it forward to. So you asked me the other day if I always knew if I wanted to make a career out of being a creative. And I told you, yeah, but that I didn't always know what that meant for me. See, I know I like writing, uh, recording music. I love designing flyers and magazines for friends, doing freelance. And I've always wanted to take the lead on projects that I work on. But it's hard to always connect the dots between our hobbies, interests, and a career. But the real bridge between my passions and actually making a career out of it, especially one that can support a family, has really come down to those that supported me. And got behind my visions, regardless of how unobtainable they may have seen at the time. And in this episode, we're talking about finding our purpose, uh, figuring out where to start and where to go from there. And so looking back, um, that was having those teams around me that believed in me and made space in my life for me to figure out what's next. So I want to examine this idea of what it really means to find your passion and purpose and uh, address potential paradigms that may be a hindrance to you moving forward. Yeah. So we interviewed Dr. Tammy Green. She is pure magic and has flawless skin. And I love her. She's a medical doctor who is double board certified in pediatric and adult psychiatry. She has a private practice called Embrace to Empower Wellness Center. 
And she's also the CEO and creatress of Get Fit Sis, which is a health and wellness brand. And in that community, she's actually helped over 100 women become more active and improve their physical and mental health. Now, she does all of this as a wife and a mother of four boys, five, nine, 11, and 24. So she has proudly said that she has given birth to children in three different decades, which I'm like, what? So she has some amazing things to say. So uh, let's get to it. Let's jump in. You're rocking with the Grio. What's a Grio? It's a storyteller, a poet, a musician, or a music lover, and a culture key. Celebrating life, love, and self. With ordinary people. Telling extraordinary stories. Welcome to the show. We're your hosts, Jamil B. And Keith Marceau. And we are the Grio. This is a podcast about purpose-driven parents raising their kids, still figuring out how to raise themselves. We share our stories, lessons, and a host of amazing guests with resources that can help you figure this thing out too. So the episode is really about purpose and passion chasing, right? For individuals who are trying to discover their passion and really figure out their purpose. And so that's really kind of the topic for today. Um, And I'm curious, as someone who is multi-passionate and who has created so many paths to create, to live in her purpose, can you share Mm -hmm. your story and really just the journey that helped you to find the space that you're in? Oh yeah, I um and I will say this, um the space that I'm in today mm. may not be the space that I'm in in 10 years and I'm okay with that. And Absolutely. I think that is one of the things that has allowed me to pursue my passion is knowing that my space may change but my message is still the same. And so I think before I wasn't comfortable in the fact that my life evolves and it may look different, you know? So, um, but my path is, um, like I said, I'm 40, I'm 47 years old. I have four boys. Um, I'm married. I'm a physician. I am a fitness instructor. Um, and I'm also now the creator of my, um, wellness brand called Get Fit Sis. And so that's evolved, man, it's evolved in a lot of different ways. Um, for me, it really started in thinking that my space would always be just being a medical doctor. And I don't just say just, <laughs> no, but, yeah. but, but meaning that I would have a typical job where I would go work at a hospital, see patients, come home, you know, live that life, taking care of my kids and making my life about them and about my patients. And, um, you know, I tell everybody my story significantly changed on May 23rd, 2017, when my mother passed from cancer. And um, it just changed my whole view on how I saw myself and where I needed to be when I transitioned one day. And so, you know, I helped my mom transition and um, watching that was different than anybody else's death that I had seen as a doctor. 
And so it really made me say, and I, and I don't mean to start out this serious, but it really is what put me in this place is I said, you know, one day if my children are there and they are in my last moments, what do I want them to remember about me? And what do I want the people who I've touched, what I want them to remember about me? And it really just made me change a lot of things about what I needed to do and being more bold and fearless about not giving, not, mm, I, I'm trying to make this a great PG, <laughs> not caring, but not caring what the world thought about me, but only caring about the legacy that I needed to leave. And so it just made me say, you know what, I, the things that I'm passionate about, all the things that I'm passionate about, I have to leave it on the table uh, because when I'm no longer here, I won't have that chance. So that's, I hope that answers the question a little bit about kind of how I came to where I am today. That sounds a lot about like about legacy, you know, and it is, it is. It's interesting how parenting just really, uh, defines that for you but also it just accelerates that that thinking that mindfulness of your legacy yeah um, i mean it's something i can relate to as well and I'm, you know i'm very sorry about your mother passing um my mother passed in 2013 and one of the the things i realized first was that you never stop needing your mom or your parents you know like you can be no grown you know you're grown and and our society says oh it's time to leave it's time to separate yourself but it's not true these are your the people that brought you up and that continue to uh, instill wisdom into you as you grow so I mean when they do pass it's especially before their time uh it's just like wow I still I still need this I still need you Yeah. yeah Yeah, that was so powerful. Um, There were so many things that you said that really stuck out to me, um, including the understanding that I change. I think I was actually having a conversation earlier about that um, when it came to um, moving my body, right? I used to love to ride my bike when I lived in Michigan, and I could literally ride my bike um, across the the city, you know, and I would ride to work and I loved it and I sold it when I moved down here. And then, you know, two children later and just years and years later, trying to find a way to, to move my body um, again, I bought a bike. I, I think, Keith, I think you remember that. And I was like, I'm going to buy a bike. I and um, I bought it, but then I returned it because it didn't fit the idea that I had. Right. You didn't tell me you returned it now. I did oh, return oh. Well, well, but I spend now. So you got it. You guys are returning. Well, what because, happened was because what, what happened was, was Florida is hot, and it did work out with my mommy schedule, and it just didn't work because I was holding on to an expectation in a context from ten years ago, you know, and trying to force feed it into a context that is different now, and the context that I have now is perfect as it is. But I had to learn to accept certain parts to be creative about how to show up in the now as opposed right. to trying to recreate the past. And I think that was really powerful, which, you know, what you said there. Yeah, that's a oh, that's that's such a good analogy. 
And mm. I think what happens is we get stuck in thinking only one one thing pleases us or gives us joy and not being free to say, you know what? That doesn't really do it for me right now. Let mm. me, but let me find out what does, you know? I think um, that's such a, a great point in terms of just the misconceptions, right? That I think people have when it comes to what it means to find what brings them joy or, or their passion. You know, I think they, uh, they feel like it has to feel a certain way or look a certain way, or can you actually share a little bit more about what you found to be some of the biggest ideas or, or mindsets maybe that you feel like could stand in people's way of finding what works for them? Oh yeah. I, I actually just talked to someone about this yesterday. I think I may have put it on my social media. I think when we step into anything, there are a couple of things that that stand in our way it's it's all about fear but it's about a fear of different things i think we fear being perfect we fear the unknown and we fear failing so i think at first we forget that children like they thrive on doing new things because they're okay about doing it wrong you know kids fall down when they're learning how to walk and they're good they get back up and keep going they realize they're not perfect in that. And I think we don't show ourselves enough grace when we're learning something or doing something that we love. It's not going to be perfect. You know, um, I, we may suck at it at first, but, <laughs> you know, the point is to the point is, is that it's OK to not be perfect because we're growing. If we are perfect at it the first moment, then that has, then it's probably not a challenge for us. Um, so I think we fear being perfect. I think we fear failing. But what failing really means is I think we fear the criticism of others mm. in whatever we're doing. And that's really, even, even when you say, well, I'm, I'm worried it's not going to work out. I think what we're really saying is if it doesn't work out, what are people going to say about me? You know, so it still comes back to how we how we think others perceive us. And that was a huge, huge mental block for me because I was truly defined and I'm okay with saying it, it's still a struggle, but I was truly defined by being a medical doctor and what that meant and, and thinking, well, what are people going to think? I don't, I don't, you know, I used to have long straight hair and I wanted to cut my hair for a long time, but I said, well, what are people going to think when I grow locks or when I go natural? Or what are people going to think if they see me, you know, not looking like this perfect image? And, um, and so I had to really get out of my head and say, once again, I go back to my mom is at the end of the day, it's just going to be me there meeting my God. So, you know, I can't be worried about fearing what other people, what other people are looking at me and saying when I know I'm in my purpose. So I think that's, those are the huge things, especially with our social media and everything. We want likes and we want followers and we want people to subscribe. And, and those are all beautiful things, but I think it takes away from us doing what we need to do just because we need to do it. Like it reminds us of the, the BTS, the black traumatic stress that we go through mm. about looking a certain way and being afraid of our natural self sometimes. Um, and, I'm, I, and I know yeah. it's a thing that everybody goes through, uh, you know, about perception in the workplace and about, especially as the profession rises uh, in status. 
Yeah. Uh, what I what I'm supposed to look like, but I know that's yeah. something that we all deal with. Yeah. This I listened. A- I I listened to y'all's other podcast, so I was up listening, and and yeah, I I definitely agree about um that as the profession, unfortunately, as it rise. I hate to say rises because that takes away from someone who may not have an MD or PhD. Exactly, but I think what yeah. yeah, but I think what happens is when you're the only person of color or even the only woman in a space, then you definitely feel like you have to kind of fit this mold. And um, I think that's, I think that's where that comes from is, you know, I had a professor tell me this, you know, oh, you're, you're going to be a great doctor. um, But make sure that if you decide you want to do crazy, something crazy with your appearance, you don't want to do that until after you've, you're established. I I will never forget that in medical school. Uh, and, and to be honest, that was another African-American woman who said that to me. And I bet, you know, she really thought that she was helping you. You know, I mm-hmm. bet she really thought that she was showing you how to navigate the code switch and, and yeah. the world that she was going to run into. But I think um, it's really important that as we get out there and as we take a risk, um, that we figure out that we're enough and that we have the power and the ability to define our own spaces and to define our own voices. You said something really powerful about how children are just able to just say, you know what, I'm going to fall and bust my knee or I'm going to do this because there is this assuredness, there is this confidence that at at the end of the day, they'll be all right. And I think somewhere along the way we lose that as yeah. we grow up and as we're trying to navigate this world, because we get messages like that, that say how we have to shrink and fit into these very uncomfortable boxes and spaces. Um, and we, we look out and we see what is defined as success. And then we think that our passion has to fit that mold or it has to look like that. And that can be a discouragement for people sometimes in thinking that they even know how to find their interests or what they're good at because it has to look a certain way for it to be validated. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely agree. When, when, what is that way that it looks, you know what I'm saying? There was a huge thing on social media, probably about two years ago. It said, what does a, what does a black doctor look like? You know, and all these, it was a beautiful thing because, uh, you know, a lot of my colleagues and we were, or, you know, or, or a female physician or whatever, what does that look like? You know, and people have this certain image of what a, a physician is supposed to look like. And, um, and you know, you, you, you are your own. And, and that is where I needed to come to. Yeah, I, I really feel like um, passion is the act of submitting to the process. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really the why. I think a lot of people misconceive if I am living into my passion or into my purpose with the function or the skill set or the talent of something. For example, you are a medical doctor. You have a wellness uh, business brand that you've created, which we'll talk more about. You know, um, Keith, he is a creative consultant and coach and director. Like, so you have these titles and these things, right? I am a life coach. I am an author, a poet, right? But 
it can be whatever because the passion is the why. It's the thing that makes you care enough to try new things and to figure out what path or what vehicle you care to learn, you know, or use. Can you talk to us? Um, and you, you shared a little bit about it um, with the realization when you helped your mother transition. Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about just that why and what you do to remind yourself of the why and the fuel to keep you I'm trying new things and challenging yourself to grow. Um, well, I, I love vision boards. I um, And for me, I have four <laughs> right now. I, and I do one. Um, I, I do different ones. I remember the one I did right after my mom passed um, and, and how my, my vision boards have evolved. But I'm sitting, the reason I'm in, one of the reasons why I'm in my closet, not just because it's the quietest place, but um, I'm sitting here looking at a couple of the vision boards. And so one of the things that often reminds me is I look at those and on these really bad days, some days are good, some days are bad, you know, that helps me really kind of focus on the priorities of what's important. Um, and, and so that is definitely one of the things that helps me really remind myself about legacy. And, um, and I think the other thing is just really listening to my voice. And I know people say that, and that sounds all beautiful and all, you know, some people may say, yeah, yeah. But literally, I have to every day, I meditate, I pray, and I, and I have to be quiet and listen to really what I feel like my God is trying to say, and, and I hear my mother's voice. And, um, and so that is one of the things that really helps me continue to, to evolve into my passion is being quiet. And that's very hard in this family. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I have to get up really, really early to do it. Um, but that is how I, how I really stay focused. Meditation and gratitude is, is, is a must. It's like brushing my teeth is I have to do it every day um, because it really helps me to remember where I, where I am and where I'm going every day, every day. So let's dig into the being quiet part. For mm-hmm. you, that's meditation, mindfulness, that's prayer. And when you go a little deeper, you see the distractions are not just in the physical space around you, but they're also in the digital space. And for someone like yourself, who's very, you're very busy. You have a complicated life of entrepreneurship, um, of career, of parenting. What about the, the digital implications that we face when we're trying to discover ourselves so many people are scrolling they're going through the social media they're going through the distractions that are out there even the the tv shows that are all these things that are projecting the image of what life should be like of success of instant gratification like for you what's your perspective on on quieting that so that you can know who you are amongst all that's been put on you through this digital space 
um, you know, I think the first thing I do, and it has, it is definitely a challenge some days, is that I do not touch social media for that, or even, e- and it's not just social media, it's emails for me, but I won't touch that for the first 45, 50 minutes I get up. And, um, and so that is huge for me is because in the past, I, I usually will wake up and most entrepreneurs will wake up with 50 thoughts in their head. Like I need to, to you know, <laughs> all over the mm-hmm. place. Yeah. And, um, you know, I need, I need to do that. And, um, and so I literally had to say, you know what, I, I use my phone. I do use it, um, to, I look at my meditation and my, um, my yoga. I do that on my phone, but otherwise I turn off the no- notifications. And so that's how, I have to stay away from the, you know, from the digital part initially. And uh, to be honest, I, I am not a person who I, I'm not on Instagram and um, a lot. I have a page and I have someone who posts for me, um, but I, it is hard for me and I know my triggers. And so that is where I, I, um, I have gotten to that point is that I could easily get distracted. And so for me, it is easier to say, I'm not going to go on it. Uh, you know, and, and so I think I have to tell people is you literally have to set a timer. So if I go on Facebook or something, I literally will set a timer and say, I'm going to be on it for 10 minutes or whatever. And I set a timer. And when that timer goes off, I'm off. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, you know, it isn't, it, it's, it's easier. Because I think what happens is we do digital, the digital space and social media, definitely it can become an hour later and you're just, and you've accomplished nothing, you know? Um, but I have to say to myself from an entrepreneurial point of view, and is that if it's not helping me be a better person, then I'm, then I need to get off of it. Um, I think you really hit strongly on the trigger part. Uh, I mean, that's something I've, I I can speak to as well. Just when you're seeing things on there that just rub you the wrong way. I mean, even if it's somebody being successful, if you're seeing that and you're feeling some kind of way about that, that's not a, you know, a positive way, then those are the things you got to pay attention to when you're even in that 10 minute span, maybe you need to curate your content a different kind of way. The people you're following, uh, what's being fed to you. Yeah. Being yeah. conscious to that is very important, I think. Yeah. That was great feedback. Thank you. Oh yeah. yeah. I think the the consciousness you hit it on the head too. Just it's being mindful, you know, Tammy. I think that you've built a practice of practicing mindfulness, right? And paying attention to how you respond to certain triggers, how you respond in certain situations. And I want to go back to um your practice as a psychiatrist, as well as um, your wellness brand with Get Fit Sis. Yeah. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about the benefit that you have found that coaching actually has and that therapy has for helping people to uncover and discover their passion and their potential. Yeah. Well, here's one of the things I think happens from a therapeutic point of view is a lot of times our lives are defined by what our family and what others have told us. 
And so I think what happens, and I, and I'm guilty of this even now with my, with my kids is, you know, is that we create roles and our parents, when they love us, a lot of times they still give us roles and they'll say, oh, she's the smart one or she's the creative one, or he's the one into sports. And so we go into that thinking it's our passion, but it's really our mom's passion. And and, and you don't really discover until you go deeper into your childhood and go deeper into sometimes even trauma of, okay, you know what? That's not really me. And you have to, you know, you become aware of that when a lot of times when you can go to, through a therapeutic process. Um, and so what I think therapy allows us to do is to truly hear our voice and not our mama's voice and our dad's voice. Um, and, and like I said, I'm guilty of it today as a parent, I have three little ones and I sometimes say, oh yeah, you're so smart. Your brother's, you know, he's such a, he's good in sports. And I have to control that and say, you know what, you're good in sports, but you can do anything, you know, because I don't want him to then think I'm just good at sports. So I'm going to be a sports person. So I think what therapy allows us to do is really get beyond those voices, those loving voices a lot of times, but those voices that have kind of dictated who we've become. Um, and so that is where I think therapy allows us to kind of al- allows us to follow who we truly are. Yeah, I definitely think that the roles that we were talking about typecast <laughs> mm-hmm. as well, you know, in another episode. But even when they come from a good place, you know, as parents and you do, you find yourself doing the same thing um, and stepping back and realizing like, oh, wow, you know, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s and I'm redefining these roles that though they came from a good place, they still kind of put me in a box. Right. Right. Um um, can you talk to us a little bit more about Get Fit Sis too in the combination yeah. because you have the the mental therapeutic piece that you do, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. also how that is embodied and yeah. like the movement of that and, and the angle there. Sure. Um, and And I say what I said earlier because I was definitely that. My mother was definitely that person who loved the fact that I was a medical doctor. And so I think I wanted to be a little bit more and I had to really come into that and be okay with, you know, um, my own voice. And so what Get Fit Sis came from really was the fact that I love helping people in my office, but I also saw a, a big need for helping on a larger space. Because to be honest, when you're a doctor, you can only help people in your clinic, right? So it's a small group of people you can help in a small geographical location. And I really wanted to help women like me. So women who are busy, overachievers, but women who were often neglecting themselves, because that was me. And so I really wanted to, to, to help more than just the people in my one little space, in my one little location. And I said, you know, the best way that I can do that is really lock arms with other women who are also wanting to to be better for themselves, not just better for their companies or better for their children, but better for themselves. And so get fit, sis. The fit part stands for focused on them, on yourself, intentional about your um, your goals and truthful about where you are and where you're going. 
And, um, and I think those three things being focused, intentional and truthful allows us to, to think more about our health, allows us to think more even about other aspects, finances, relationships, and marriages. And so that is what I'm building is it's, it's about the fitness part, but it's also about, um, you know, the support in the community of other women. And so I'm so excited um, because I, I, it started with an idea last year and it's just, um, it's just evolving and, and, you know, touching other people. So, and it allows me to be honest, it's very therapeutic for me because being a psychiatrist is hard. Um, Psychiatrists have one of the highest rates of suicide of all physicians. And so, and that's the reality um, of what I do every day. And so being able to go into this other space and help people in another way, it's still about, you know, wellness and health, but it's about also being able to save myself and not suffer burnout from, you know, the, the mental health space. So, um, I think it just, I'm just excited about where it's going and, and where we are. And, and there's so many great things coming with, um, you know, um, there's YouTube and that I have and videos coming. And, um, so there's a lot of community events and things in the next year. Um, so I'm just really excited about where we are and where we're going. What do you have to say to people who are, for lack of a better word, just scared about taking that next step for themselves? They're fearful. They, they're experiencing some of the things we mentioned earlier, just worried about what other people think or just so consumed with what's going on around them. Like what, what kind of words can you share in your experience and your journey? And also through uh, the stories of the people you've helped yourself um, through Get Fit Sis, like what, what can you share with them to, to help them get started? Um, I would, well, like I said, obviously, if it's coming from a place of, of trauma, why they're not doing something or whatever, if that's holding them back, I, you know, I would encourage them obviously to seek out mental health, a profession, a professional to help them work through that. I think, but if that isn't the case, I think it really starts very small and not, you know, thinking it has to be big. You know, for me, it was initially just starting extremely small and just helping a couple of women um, and being their accountability coach. And so I would encourage people, if they have an idea, to put it down on paper and realize it's okay to start small. You know, I think sometimes when people say, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur, and they see people on social media saying, I made $10,000 in 30 days. Oh my God, that kills me every time. That's it. That kills me. I'm so glad you said that. I hate that. I hate it. And so then you feel like, well, I can't start my, I don't know, my jewelry business because I can't make $10,000 in 30 days. And I want to say, but sis, listen to me. You make a couple pieces of jewelry and maybe take them to your church and maybe see if people are interested in buying. Or, you know, you put it on Facebook and tell people how much jewelry has made you feel better about yourself. And people will come with your vibe and they will, and they will be attracted to you because of the energy you're putting out. 
not because you're going to make $10,000 in 30 days. <laughs> and so I think, so I think what people have to understand is it's okay to start small and start with one person that you're helping, whatever it is. You know, if you want to open a restaurant, then maybe you just need to make dinner for a couple of people and, and see if they like these recipes you have, you know? So that's what I would encourage people to do. J- Joe Mill has seen me evolve. I know I talked for a long time. I was like, well, I want to have my own business, my own practice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it started very small. I was seeing maybe two people every once a week and I was still working at other places. And, and even with teaching fitness classes, I have about 40 people who come to my class now. But I started out with two people <laughs> for about six months yeah. and I just didn't stop. So that would be the other thing I would say is that just don't stop. Even, even when something is small, you know, because, yeah. you know, God takes small things. And a lot of times we don't see the growth, but when it grows, oh man, it's so blessed. It's so blessed when it grows. That is so awesome. I mean, it, it's the process. It's trusting the process um, and not being distracted or um, pushed by what you anticipate the destination or the outcome has to be, you know, making 10,000 right. in a month or whatever. Right. And, and yeah, sure, the, it will come when it comes, but really who you become in the process of the trying and the failing and the trying and the learning and the rebooting and the testing and the trying and the learning, I think is amazing. And Um, there will be failing and there will be rebooting and there will be recharging. And I think that's okay too, is understanding you may fail. It may not look right. You may have to redo it another way, but you know, that's the, that's part of the process and people is so hard. I know it is. It's so hard to understand that. And in that moment, you're like, well, this really stinks. <laughs> yeah. Can you, so can you tell um, our listeners how to find you if they're looking for um, medical yeah. support or if they're looking for wellness support? Just tell them how they can continue to stay in touch with you and follow what you're doing. Yeah. So there's a couple of different places. So um, from my Get Fit Sis brand, they can find my business page on Facebook on uh, Get Fit Sis. And um, on Instagram, it's Get Fit Sis Official. So that's where they can find me on Facebook or Instagram. And if they are interested in my psychiatric services, they can go to Embrace2, so T-O, embrace to empower wellness.com and they can pull up my psychiatric practice, um, see the information um, if they're interested in making an appointment. Um, I typically specialize in children and young adults with developmental disabilities, autism, ADHD, things like that. I just love you. Can you I know just I love you. shower you with mocha native blessings <laughs> and uh brown five raised hand emojis and crowns (laughs) hey griots we want to thank you so much for sharing space with us if you enjoyed this podcast or heard something you liked pay it forward and pass it along to someone else 
We're making more episodes that celebrate our stories. So support us. Go to your preferred podcast app, rate us, and subscribe. You can also follow us on IG at The Grios Podcast or visit the website at thegrios.co to get resources from the show notes or even submit a comment or question on the episode. Until next time, be inspired and be on purpose. And remember to live in the now because nothing lasts forever. <laughs>